God right now. I feel it. Oh, no more shackles. No more chains. No more bondage. I am free. <laughs> no more shackles. No more chains. No more bondage. I am free. and worry and we have all those things we can lay at the feet of Jesus. That was so good choir. Thank you. Didn't they look good in their red? And Gary's got a red jacket. I love all these colors. I like what you do every Sunday. You're a blessing to us. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. We want to welcome you to Stratford Heights. We've just come from early service at 830 and the Sunday school hour at 930 and in our mid-morning service and we'll be back tonight at 6 for worship service tonight. So we have a lot of worship service because we want to pay homage to our God. Today is the day of the Lord on Sunday, and we give him our time and our talent, and we come to worship him. Thank you for being here this morning. You that are new and this is your first time here, we welcome you. Would you just slip your hand up? Most people won't do that. If you're, you're new and this is your, right over here, wonderful. First time person, God bless you. And there are others, we welcome you this morning. We want you to get out of your seat and shake hands and greet one another today and, and give somebody a God bless you. Can you do that? God bless you.
Glory. to be born again. <laughs> You're a great God. We praise you, Lord.
Whisper his name. Jesus. Whisper his name. Jesus. Whisper his name. Jesus. And he will come to you. Call on his name, Jesus. Call on his name, Jesus. Call on his name, Jesus. He will run to you. Shout at his name, Jesus. Shout at
give him praise right now, church. Give him praise right now. Jesus, our Lord of Lord, King of Kings, our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Healer. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what you've came in here with this morning. It doesn't matter what storm you're facing, what pain you're suffering, what healing you need, what restoration you need. Tell them. There's one name. You can either shout it, you could whisper it, you could yell it, you could speak it, however you want to do it. But that one name is all you need. He can talk into your storm. He's done it before, he'll do it again. He'll tell your storm, be still. And we've come to worship the one who's worthy today. I tried living so many years of my life my way. Broken, feeling empty, lost. But there was someone who loved me enough that he would send a person into my life and would speak Jesus to me and bring hope and restoration to me. We sang a song a little while ago, the one before Whisper His Name. It says, the power of your love, worth dying for. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's worth living for. Because without him, we have nothing to live for. And I think the Apostle Paul said it like this. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We're here to live for him. We're here to experience him in his fullness, to be full of his love, and to share his love to people that are outside these walls that are hopeless, because there is one name they need to hear, and that's Jesus. Amen. But this time we're going to continue in our worship this morning, but we're going to do something that we do every Sunday. And I want you to think this is routine because it's not routine. We pray for Israel, and I know many people are like, oh, we're going to pray for Israel again, but we pray because we believe in the power of prayer. We've seen the power of prayer manifest itself here. We've seen people with cancer healed. We've seen relationships restored. We've seen people with no hope have their lives turned around. We believe just enough that a church of our size can pray today a little prayer for a little nation on the other side of the world and that he might do something in their behalf. So let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, and let's pray for Israel. Lord, we've come this morning, first and foremost, because we love you and we desire to be in your presence. Lord, and because we love you, we want to walk in obedience. Lord, and your word tells us that we should pray for the peace and prosperity of Israel. Lord, we lift them up at this time. We ask that you would have your way with them, that you would have your will done, Lord, through Israel. Lord, we know your promise is over your people. We believe in your promise. We believe that you have a plan for them and a plan for us. Lord, we ask that you would keep them, you would protect them, that you would prosper them, and that you would use them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you may be seated if you'd like. Our ushers are going to come forward at this time as we continue in our worship with our giving. It's an opportunity for us to give back 
to the Lord for all that he's given us, where would we be without him? He's provided everything we need. His word says that he'll never fail to provide for us. His word in Isaiah says for us to remember the former things. Remember where he's been in our life and what he's done for us. And that'll reassure us that he'll always be there for us. His word also says that we're to honor him, to honor him with our first fruits. So let's do that this time. Let's honor him this morning for all he's done for us. Lord, we pray over this offering, Lord. We're not giving to you today out of routine, Lord. We're giving to you with an open heart because we love you. Lord, we believe in you and we believe in the power, Lord, of your word and of your work. Lord, we believe that you have a plan for this church and you have a plan for the ministers that are being supported through this church and the ministries throughout the world that are being supported through this church. Lord, and we're not gonna fail to continue moving forward, Lord, in obedience until your, G- your son, Jesus Christ, returns for us. Lord, I ask that you would multiply and that it would be used, Lord, to expand your kingdom in the time that we have. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Oh
Bible says? The Bible says, John the Revelator writing these words said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God, listen up, shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, and there shall be no more pain, no more crying, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my people. Amen. Give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Hang on. Hold on. Don't let go now. We've come too far. I'm telling you what revelation is about to unfold. The Bible tells us that the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. One of my favorite verses. You've heard it before. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice around the throne. You know what that, you know what that was? That was a scripture, Kathy, telling, telling about when we'll be there. Somebody says, am I listed in the Bible? Go to Revelation chapter 3 and chapter 4. Look at what it says right there. When you get down in the middle there, it says, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. First time I ever read that, I said, that's me. Oh, y'all don't get it. You're not hearing me this morning. Y'all a bunch of fuddy-duddies. That's me. I'm reading the scripture about when I'll be standing there. And I'll look up and I'll see him walk out. And the Father God going, there he is. And Jesus comes out. The angels of God bow like this. And Jesus looks at all of us and says, I want all the redeemed to come to the front. Brother Bud, when I stand there, first thing out of my mouth is going to be, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Glory and honor and praise and power and thanksgiving. I'm going to be one of those people. You know why I know that's what I'm going to do? Because the Bible tells me already that's what I'm going to do. Sometimes, don't you think we need to practice? Somebody call the word holy out. Holy. That was a little throne practice. I feel the Lord. I feel God in here. Shelby, I wish you could feel what I feel. 
Somebody says, don't go by feelings. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like to go by feelings, but I sure like them when they show up. I see old Evan Crow back there. Dude, you are it. I love watching him play. I get all excited. I get out of my seat. I'm, about, I'm, I'm Instagramming while I'm screaming. Evan! I can't hardly wait until I'm like, Jesus! Yes! I can't wait till I'm using my vocal cords and I'm seeing him for myself. And I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just bold enough, daring enough. Maybe I just think too much of myself. But I just got this feeling he's going to look through all that crowd. He's going to see me. And he's going to be like, what up, Ray? I believe it. I believe he loves me that much. I believe he loves you that much. One more time, I want you to give the Lord great praise this morning. Can I take him from you? Goodness gracious. I got to show you this guy. You can be seated for a second. We are a spirit-filled church, so you'll no doubt be up in a minute. Now, I want to get all the names because he's got a bunch of them. Yeah, this is Jaden William Lee Lovelace. And this is his first time this morning. Would you make him feel welcome? Hey, buddy. No, they made a big deal. They don't, they don't care who the parents are. They said, this is Chris's grandbaby, and this is Ruthie's great-grandbaby. And she, they don't care about anybody else. <laughs> We're excited for them. We love, love this little child. He's lovelace, and that means he comes from a great family. Love you guys. He's a hunk. That's what's wrote on his shirt. He's a hunk. Did you get it from his uncle? Or his, no? <laughs> Amen. Thank you for being here today. Boy, it sure feels good to be in church, don't it? Feel good to be in church? Danielle, it's good to see you this morning. One of our girls moved down to Florida, and she's home today visiting. We're appreciating you being here. Come on. We love you. She looked at me a little weird this morning. I, uh, you know, since Doug, Doug married my sister, she is my niece. So I'm looking at her saying, you're my niece now. And she just had this look on her face. I guess I am. <laughs> Uncle Ray expects a birthday present and a Christmas present. <laughs> While we pray over our word today, uh, first I, I want to remind you that you saw in the lobby today the posters for this Wednesday night. We're very excited about uh, Marty Tackett speaking. And, uh, he's kind of filling in for Brother Orville, who is down in Texas, and he is spending a few weeks down there. Poor Linda is by herself, and she's here today. I told her, I said, well, it looks like there's just half of you here today, and she had that look on her face that means she misses her husband. But we, we love to give him the opportunity to go down and be with his family down there in Texas, and so... For a few weeks, Marty, Marty is speaking. Marty, would you stand? I want them to see who you are. Marty is doing a Bible study on Wednesday night. He's a very sharp young man, and, and you know, he's, he's my brother-in-law, so <laughs> I got to earn points for my other Christmas present. that I can. Tonight, Brother Brian Little will be speaking in our service. We had to cancel him a few weeks ago and because of weather, and tonight he's going to be speaking in the PM service. 
Dios le bendiga. Amen. All right. Tanya, we're praying for you. There she is. Tanya, my near. Praying for your family. I see Rachel's here as well. Several of the family members, Alma. And your mom, I saw Joy. There she is. We love you guys. Gage, all of you, we love you. Sure, I've been praying for you. This church has hurt for you. This week has been very hard and difficult for you. I want you to know when you hurt, we hurt. And as you heal, we'll heal with you. We'll pray for you. We pray that God uses us to strengthen you, to be with you. I know there are difficult days ahead, but you've come through gallantly, and you've come through as champions of faith. And I know that God will continue to bless you. We love you very much, and we're praying for you. Praying as well in this prayer over our word for Don Pitt's mom. He has had to go to Florida to come and bring Linda back home from their normal trek in Florida for the winter. Um, Sister Pitts is, is definitely uh, in grave need of prayer, and she's also, according to what we understand, at the end of her life here on earth. But we want to pray for Brother Pitts, for Don. I, I know what it's like to lose a mom, and I know it's probably one of the hardest things in your life. So let's pray for, for Don's family and for his mom this morning. If you'd stand with me for the reading of God's word. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7. This is where we go. After 21 days of fasting and prayer, and God has given us this beautiful prayer watch we just came through, and we have felt the presence of the Lord, and he's, he's just been with us prayer has been, you know, Lord, now what? He gave me a, a very simple and sure word, and I want to share it with you today. Paul, writing in Philippians, said these words, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Say amen. I press on, Paul says. Not that I've already attained or I've already been made perfect. It's not over yet. But I press on. That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, he says, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to jump back to the New Testament or the Old Testament to Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15. We're at a place where 
the children of Israel have come out of Egypt. They're standing here at the river. And they are like the Red Sea is in front of them. They hear the hoofbeats of the enemy coming in the distance. And they don't know what to do. What do we do? They begin to bellyache and whine and cry. And Moses looks up to God and says, now what? Now what? Which I did this week. Here's what God said to Moses. Why cry you to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Onward. Upward. As simple, Stuart, as anything I've ever heard. The Lord spoke to me and said, Get up. March. Onward. Forward. Upward. Take this church into its greatest days before I come. Knowing that that came from him, I'm telling you what, I have had myself time. He didn't say, well, I want you to evaluate. Well, I want you to, well, I have this ought against you. I got this one thing. You have a name, but we got to talk about some other things. I thank my Lord. We've been praying about authenticity. We've been praying about positioning. We've been praying and fasting. We've been asking God, Lord, lead us. We want to be real. We want to be a real church, not just an organization. We don't want to just be some place where people hang out and get all their felt needs met. We want to be the church built on the rock where the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Lord, this is the cry of our heart. What do you say? And he says, why are you crying? My word to this church and to the church at large is to get up, do what I've told you to do, and move forward. We have got, we've been given our marching orders, and it's time to get up and move on. Amen? It's time to make it happen in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray right now. Father, as we come, we ask your blessings, Lord. We ask your strength and your grace, your comfort to be with the Minear family and all of those associated with them. Lord, as we stood at the graveside and there in Louisville, Kentucky, there for Philip, we just, we thank you for the, the wonderful stories and the wonderful, powerful testimony of his faith in Christ. We know where he is this morning. We thank you for that confidence and assurance. Lord, your word to us and to them as well is to march on. For Lord, we know that in the resurrection, we'll all be reunited together again. But in the meantime, God, we ask as a church that you will comfort Tanya and Rachel, the family, minister to them, touch them by your Holy Spirit and be with them. Let their church be a friend to them. Let their church, Lord, minister to their needs. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll give them strength to go through the difficult days that lie ahead. We ask this for them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for Sister Pitts. We lift her up to you and ask your work to be accomplished and done for Don and his family. Minister to them during this very difficult hour for them. We pray in the name of Jesus, your comforting grace to be with them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for our church. We pray that God, as we've come through this 21 days, as we've come through our prayer watch, as we've come together, Lord, with a desire to please you and to not be a, a, a 
displeasure, but Lord, for you to find our fasting and our praying acceptable. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, you'd speak to us and challenge us by your precious word. We pray it this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that name that is above every name, the name that is all powerful, all authority given, and by no other name shall we ever be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed and said amen. 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 You may be seated. As I mentioned, over the last several weeks, we've been praying, asking God in our speaking. We went from Isaiah chapter 58, trying to look into the word of God to find out what is the acceptable fast for the Lord. And we've gotten away from the idea that That, you know, it's all in religion and it's all in just duty and obligation, although those go hand in hand. We remember that the the scripture teaches that we're not saved by works, but he's also very clear to point out that with our faith will come works. Say amen. If you interact with me, I end earlier. That's the way we work it here. Lots of amens get you 10 minutes off off the actual sermon. What are you laughing about? <laughs> but you know, when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, we do, we do a lot of teaching about the heart. We're concerned a lot about the heart. And, and really, when you get to the heart of the matter, then you've got everything else. But let's not forget that Jesus didn't just stop at heart. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your body, your soul, your mind. Your mind goes along with your commitment, your discipline. Your mind to guard your body physically and to give that to God in sacrifice. Romans 12 and 1 talks about, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord, which is your holy and acceptable and reasonable service. When we understand and know that it's all working together, this this dedication and this submission, this commitment, to serving God. You see, a lot of folks never really get to find out what God's really all about because they're all about half in most of the time. Most churches this morning, unfortunately, are filled with nominal folks who just want to do their duty, get in enough religion so they can get to heaven. And, you know, it's like the folks that used to always say, well, I don't hate them, but, you know, I love them enough to get into heaven. Yeah, how many of you know that never was a good answer? The heart, the mind, the body, the soul. We've got to make sure we're loving the Lord with all that we have. And that's where we've been. We've been trying to search the scriptures and search our own hearts to be authentic and evaluate who we are and to be real. We wanted through our fastings not to manipulate God because that's impossible. You can't do enough to get God to change his mind or to change his path. I mean, God's will is God's will in the earth. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. We desire nothing more than his plan and his perfection in the earth. But positioning ourselves is what fasting does. It puts us in that place where we can hear, where we can see, where we genuinely get an idea of what God is speaking. Positions ourselves. It touches us. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes me and you changes us and so in the middle of all of our fastings and our prayer watch where we had a wonderful service last Sunday night a prayer service here that was just amazing I mean, 
people, hundreds of people, and people were out in the aisles and in the altars and praying, just praying to God. And you heard lots of people praying out loud, and it was just beautiful to hear that kind of prayer. It reminded me of a video I saw of folks at the Wailing Wall where they were praying out loud at the wall, and they were crying before the Lord, and that's what I felt that last Sunday night. It was beautiful to see the power of God at work. Last Sunday's message was ultimately the authenticity we seek is that we will, in, we will look like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like Jesus. The people in this world are not interested in the church of God. They're not interested in the Baptist or the Methodists or the Presbyterians. They've watched all of those folks debate, all of us debate for years about who's the best and who's got it right and who's got it wrong. None of the world is looking to those organizations or denominations for their answers. We understand it's not in man. It can't be found in you and I. We don't have the answers. As a pastor, I looked at my precious sister the other day when she got the news of her son, and I told her one of the honest things that I said to her. She probably thought, well, what good is he as a pastor? Because I looked at her and I said, I don't have an answer. I don't know why. Sometimes we don't. And that's authentic, isn't it? That's just real. But I quoted from a Charles Spurgeon quote I'd seen years ago. When I can't trace his hand, I trust his heart. I trust God. Tanya's trusting God, and her family's trusting God. They'll see Philip again. That's not just pie in the sky. That's an anchor to hold. It establishes us. I've got a mother there. You better believe she's waiting on me. And a few other of my sisters. I should have said all of them, shouldn't I? <laughs> Sorry, Ange. <laughs> Betty, that will be a talking time. You watch. But the answer for the entire world is not the church. It's not people. We know this. We've preached it. We've talked about it. But we're thrilled this morning because we finally get it. See Jesus. See the Father. See Jesus. Have the answer. See Jesus. And we have all the problems of the entire world solved in one, one moment. It is all found in understanding and knowing that he is that Alpha and Omega we sang about. He's the beginning, the end. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the completion of God's plan to, rescue, to reconcile and to rescue the earth. Jesus. And when we understand and know our greatest goal and desire and aim is to look like him, act like him, talk like him, get your bracelet back out, WWJD. This ministers to the entire world. This gives them the answers that they need. So we're Jesus. We're Jesus. I'm going to get very personal for a moment. No, I'm going to be careful about how we talk about this because I don't want to embarrass anyone. But I've been praying about a situation for a couple of years with a neighbor. There was no problems. It's just that their lifestyle was annoying. <laughs> lots of parties and lots of kegs and lots of music and lots of activity and lots of trash in my yard. <laughs> I never complained. 
I've always been kind. I've always been nice. Not one time have I ever complained. Always out there. Always out there. Never want to talk about anything. I try to start conversations hard as rock. Don't do that minister stuff. Don't do that church stuff. Don't care about all that. You going to church again? Yes, sir. Wow, man, you live at that place. <laughs> yep. I don't even know. He said one day, he said, I don't even know why you pay for the mortgage of that house. You don't live there. Five years I've prayed, and there's never really been any inroad. You know, I, I teach, I preach that we should be light, and I try to be light. And one day, one, a couple of you gave me two pies, and so I had one extra pie, and I, I took it over, knocked on the door, and gave it to him, and told him that some very precious little lady at church had made me two of them, and I wanted to share one and gave it to them. I, just, I tried to do what I thought was good and right. Five years, nothing, nothing, never. He invited me over one night. Hey, we're having a keg tonight. You want to join us? <laughs> I said, probably not. <laughs> Five years, and Marty and I were there that afternoon. And I got a text from him, and he says, hey, you got a, you got a, a circular saw I can borrow? And we happened to have one. We were finishing my basement. So we were working, and we had one, and so I said, yeah, man, come on over. I'll, I'll bring it to you. Marty brought it over to him, actually. Started dialogue and conversation, and he brought it back, and when he got it, brought it back, he stopped me in the, in the garage, and I could see that he'd been, been just through something. I said, man, are you okay? And without getting very personal, it opened a door that could only be God. I began to get texts that night on my phone and we kept going back and forth and sharing and I was able to give him scriptures and I was able to talk to him finally I got down to I, I found out why he wasn't so interested in church he had, had family that had shown hypocrisy he didn't think it was real because of the people that had failed him I told him no people would be perfect but I knew a God who was we began to share back and forth. I was able to go over and pray with him. And now we're friends. I walked out of my house the other day, and he's just like, hey, preacher. It's the first time he said that with a smile. <laughs> God makes a way. When you trust him and you listen to him and you just keep marching forward, you don't give in. You don't quit. You stay the course. You don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's waiting. You don't know. It may take some time. But if you'll just trust and keep marching and not give up, God ends up making a way. God ends up making it possible. When the children of Israel were standing there, God said, what are you crying, what are you crying to me for? Tell them to get up and march. And I'm sure at that moment, Moses' first thought was, there's water. Hello, there's water. How are we supposed to go, Lord? You got a boat? And God gave him instruction in the same sentence. And he said, and when they, t they get ready to march, you raise your rod right over that sea. You see, when God is 
challenging you to march forward at the very same time he's then speaking to someone else who's going to help make the way. He's working on all ends of it. You may leave the cemetery and feel like you can't go much farther. You may have walked out of the doctor's office and you don't know what your next step is going to be. You don't know what's happening when the, a boss gives you your pink slip or you feel like your family's falling apart. You have no idea what to do. But if you'll stay the course and hold on to your faith this morning, it's in that hour that while you're being challenged to stand up and have faith and be strong, God's already working on the other side, getting ready to hand you your victory and your deliverance. God will not fail you. He will always come through for you, always. So while the children of Israel were standing there looking at their Red Sea and they didn't know what was going to happen, God said, wait till you see what I got planned. And you don't know what God's got planned for you. We don't understand and know all the things and all the ways of God, but we know this. We may not understand them, and we may not be able to figure them out all the time. We may not even have all the answers we want right here, but I'm telling you, this is the truth. You can take it to the bank. He will always come through. He will never, ever fail you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you hanging. He'll never let you get wet when you come up to the river. God will part it and help you walk all the way through. That's God. That's our God. I have found him there in the valley. I have found him there when I've been on the mountain. I found him there at the Red Sea. This is my own life. I have found him to be faithful and true. I may not see it right away. I may not always feel it right away. But I'm going to tell you, I can always look back and see where the hand of God was over my life every time. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. Job said, oh, that I could tell it. Oh, that I could engrave it on a stone. Oh, that I could write it out. He said, for I know that my Redeemer lives. This is our truth. This is our confidence. This is why we're unashamed. This is why we stand toe-to-toe with the world and with anyone who challenges us or questions us. I'm telling you, it's time for for people who are ashamed, for timidness in the body of Christ. It's time for us to shake loose of all of that compromising junk and to stand up with full faith and say to this earth and this world, I woke up this morning and I waited for a little while and when I saw in the window a little crack of light, I walked over to the door, I opened it up and I looked at God and I said, right on time, the sun came up just right when it's supposed to. He will always be God on the spot right when he needs to be. He's never late, he's always on time and he will always come through. That sun has risen every morning for 2,000, 4,000, 6,000, and how many, some of you, if you, it depends on if you like Dakes or if you like somebody else, it could be even more than that. But what's important is that from the very beginning of creation, he has set things in an order, and he has not failed yet, and he is not going to fail you. If he fails you, you'll be the very first person God has ever failed. So have confidence, stand up, and do what Moses, the word that Moses got when he looked at the children of Israel and said, go forward. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at our church, and I'm saying, go forward. Let's march, let's move, 
Let's get our deliverance. Let's get our healing. Let's get the victory. Let's go into the field. Let's go into evangelism. Let's find the lost wherever they are. Not giving them the name of our church, caring about that. Not giving them any particular denominational rule or, or a regulation, but giving them the one name that can fight terrorism, the one name that can fight poverty, the one name that can fight disease and even death itself. That name that is above every name the name of Jesus Christ. Be Jesus in the earth and watch God move. Impossible situations. If God gives a command to you, he will make the way. He's never called one child of God to an impossible situation. He's never called me to a place where I had no other option but to retreat. He's never done it. One of my most favorite songs in the whole world, Kathy, is the one you sing. I love the song Faithful. And when she's up here singing, I love the part. You know, it's a real sweet song. And Gary, I think, wrote that song. And, and he, he, he wrote some beautiful words there. And Kathy, they, oh, who can sing it better than her? And she's out here. But I love this one part. I love when right about the middle stanza, after verses have been sung, all of a sudden, uh, Kathy is like clockwork. You watch that praising arm go straight up in the sky. And she says, not one moment in my life I regret since I found you. All reserve is gone. I surrender all. Take my cross and follow you. There is no retreat when life's battles come. You're with me all my way. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church you came to save. Lord, you've been faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Boy, when she gets to that part right there, it's all I can do to not run. I want to run, shout, jump, get up on stage and grab a mic and sing it with her. There is no retreat when life's battles come, for you are with me all the way, and the gates of hell itself will not prevail against the church Jesus came to save. Amen? You believe that? Then the marching orders are on. It's time for us to lay aside every weight and every burden and every sin and every fear and everything that entangles us and holds us back. It's time for the weak to say, I am strong. It's time for the poor to say, I am rich. It's time for us who have felt inadequate and have, and have felt like our salvation and our Christianity had to be a secret. It's time to say with Paul, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's time for us to stand tall and strong in this world and declare that he is the absolute truth and answer for the world. Do you believe it? Say amen. amen. To retreat is to perish. If you take notes, write that down somewhere in your notes. Courtney, get that down in your little journal and write it down. To retreat is to perish. It's tough when you laid your wife in the ground over at Will of You. It's been a madhouse for you. It's been a war for you. It's been a battle for you. But dad, listen to me. 
there's going to be a day. You're going to walk through those gates and Mary Jane Phillips is going to stand there saying, oh, he's one of the redeemed and he's waited for me. He's been patient and he's come across that finish line. I'm telling you with Paul, we've got to say, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith and I have finished the race. Don't give in. Don't lay down. Don't throw in the towel. Don't stop midway. It's time to make sure all we see in front of us is the prize. And that prize is Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says he will look at you and he will look at me and I can't wait. I don't need a certificate. I don't want a trophy. I'm not even concerned about the mansion, although I would like a big screen TV. But I want, I want it to be very clear that when I get to heaven, Beverly, I want to walk down through that aisle and I want to see him for myself. I'm going to ask all of you to politely move out of my way as I see him and I want to get as close to him as I can and I know I'm going to be part of the scriptural prophecy that's says, Jesus will look me in the face and say, Ray, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Say it, Lord. That's what I want to hear. Say what's next. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the promise and the hope of glory. That's why we hang on. That's why we don't give up. That's why we hold fast and we stay true. And we've got to stay on the, the, the dedication line, the firing line, as the old song says. We've got to stay true and not allow anything. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62, he said, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You've come too far to give in now. You've got to keep holding on because I'm telling you, just any moment I almost can hear a trumpet this morning. Jesus Christ is about to split that eastern sky and call his church home. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to be deaf with the world garbage in your ears you want to be clear you want to be positioned and you want to be on fire and ready when he comes you want to hear that trumpet sound when it happens and I'm telling you it is going to happen just any hour the date is late the hour is nigh and he's even at the door say amen amen oh y'all make me preach a little more amens and I'll stop but I haven't heard that many so Amen. <laughs> I hear you. Not that I've already attained, or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may hold, may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Wait a minute, did you read that last line? Did you hear that? Christ Jesus took hold of me. That ought to be a message all by itself. He took hold of me. I want to lay hold on him because he first laid hold on me. I want to love him because he first loved me. I want to follow him because he first found me. Christ found me. He saved me. And he has a purpose for my life. Do you remember when Jesus found you? Do you remember when he changed your life? This is our determination. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. 
one thing. Make it your number one goal and desire in this life. There are lots of wonderful accomplishments. There are amazing things that you can do. It's awesome. It's awesome to see the, the accomplishments and the things that can happen through the, the world and, and the, the races you can win, the games you can win, the, the championships. You know, I, I was just screaming when Ohio State won the national championship. I was so excited. I couldn't hardly stand it. It's wonderful to win in this world, but don't let any of that overshadow the one thing you do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize that is found in Christ Jesus. That, that is it. That's all of life. That's everything. That's eternity. That's the beauty of our faith. Not the 20 things, the one thing. A great artist says, one thing I do. A great teacher says, one thing I do. A championship athlete says, one thing I do. A single parent raising a child says, this one thing I do. A Christian who has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and sacrificed at the cross says, this one thing I do. I will not miss heaven. I will see its streets. I will hear its music. I will see angels and talk to them. I will hear his voice as he calls my name. I will look into those eyes of flame of fire and hair as white as wool. I'll look down to his feet, look like fine brass burned in a fire. I will see him for myself. And in the meantime, with Job, I also say, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I will not be found weakened by the things of this world. I will not find myself in complacency or compromise. I will stand my ground. And when he calls, I'll be ready to go. I loved the experience. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. Chester Ray, a wonderful gentleman, was in our church for oh, at least 110 years. Bible teacher, wonderful man of God. Used to give out a message in a service in the gift of tongues, and boy, it would just, their hair would stand up. Godly man, but in the end of his life, he suffered Alzheimer's. Now, I remember going over and sitting with him for a little while. I was going to stay at about 30 minutes or so, and I, I came in and found him sitting at a desk. He was coloring with crayons, and he had our Cincinnati Reds hat on, and he had a balloon in his other hand. I walked up to him, and I said, Brother Ray, how are you doing? He said, it's Pastor Ray. I've come by. I wanted to see you, sit with you for a little while. 
he couldn't really, he didn't know who I was, and he couldn't really speak in incoherent language. His family would tell you, and they, they're, very, they're very proud of this testimony. But he just rambled in words that were backwards and forwards and didn't make any sense at all. So I sat there with him, and I watched him as he drew, and I would make comments, and he would look up at me and talk in syllables and things I didn't understand. And after about 30 minutes or so, I said, well, I said, Brother Ray, I'm going to go now. I said, but I want to have a word of prayer with you. And he was colored. He stopped, laid his crayon down. He looked up at me, reached up and took his hat off, laid it on the table. And he looked right into my eyes and he said, all I know is this, when he's ready for me, I'm ready to go. And he bowed his head and he closed his eyes. And I reached over and I put my hands on him, tears dripping down my face put my hands on his hands and I prayed a prayer over him and I got up and when I did he looked at me he smiled picked his hat back up and went right back to coloring and I turned and I walked out of that that center where he was and I'm walking down the hallway and I am visibly distraught I looked up and as I got out the door and I was walking to my car, I looked up into the sky and I said, you've got to tell me what that was. What just happened? What just happened? And the Lord spoke to me in my heart. Words that could have only been him because I had no clue what I had just seen. And the Lord said, disease may have his body, but I have his soul. Hold on, children of God. Don't fail. Don't fail now. Don't let down now. Stay the course and fight the good fight. Brother Lawson, it's good to see you in church today. Sister Lawson, you're fighting the good fight, brother. You're hanging on. You've gone through some situations, but here he is the moment he can. He's in God's house. He's got his hand up in the air. He's worshiping his God because he'll stay the course. He'll fight the good fight. And that's you and I this morning. The challenge from Moses to the children of Israel from God is the same challenge that Paul gives us in Philippians. And it's the same challenge that we accept this morning. We will march onward and forward until we are upward. We're not giving in and we'll not stop. And we are going to have the grandest, greatest days in the history of this church. If you believe that and you're with me, you got to say amen right there. And you got to clap your hands and you got to shout to God. Hey, hold fast. This morning at the 8.30 service, we had three folks came to Jesus in that service. Brand new, some folks that came to the Lord. I'm believing right now someone in here needs the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place? You've come here. You've sought every answer under the sun. You've been to a different person, different places, different organizations. You've tried to get help through many different means. 
You've even tried the church before and it failed. I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus is your answer. I want you to get in line with us and we're going to march right into heaven's gates. This church is going to see its greatest days. We're going to see miracles, signs and wonders, revelations, revivals going to take place. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to be found on the sidelines. You want to be right in the middle of it all. But you need Jesus. You need him in your life. You need the answer. You need to change things. You know you do. Your family's been praying for you. People brought you here today even. They're hoping, praying that God will answer your questions and help you to make a decision. You're here right now, and in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking you, to make the most important decision of your entire life. You may be rich, you may have a lot of degrees, you may have intelligence that is unbelievable. You may be able to do things others could never think about doing. But you need Jesus today. You need him for your life, for your future. You know you're lost without him. I'm not asking you to sign the church roll. I'm not asking you to give an offering. I'm not asking you to sign up and be in a ministry. I'm asking you if you need Jesus today. Don't miss this opportunity. As you're standing there, I'm going to ask you to make an altar right at your seat. That place where you're standing becomes a holy place. And I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is already ahead of me. He's working. He's already challenging you. He's already speaking to you. No man comes to the Father, the Bible says, except the Spirit draws him. So I'm wasting my breath if the Holy Ghost isn't already working on you. But if you're here this morning and you need Jesus and the Lord has made invitation in your heart and you are ready to go, you're ready to march, you're ready to get up and get moving. If you're here and you need Christ, would you just slip up your hand and right where you are and right back down. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. Hallelujah. Christians pray, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Hallelujah. Any others? Any others? Waiting on someone. Who am I waiting for? Christians, you're praying. I want to hear you pray. Come on, somebody help me. Folks are broken this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, sister. God bless you. I love you. God bless you. And I know hands are up everywhere. Is there anyone else? I want to get right with the Lord. I want you. Good. God bless you. Christians, you're praying. As you're praying, the Holy Spirit think yokes are breaking and people are able to make good decisions, choices. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. I've completely lost count. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Greatest decision you'll ever make. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. People coming to Jesus. All right, right here, right where you stand, we're going to pray a prayer. This prayer is just words. It's nothing unless it comes from your heart. But, oh, if it comes from your heart, the angels of God are standing around the balconies of heaven right now getting ready to party. You think it was a party when, when Ohio State won? You wait. You wait till what happens just two minutes from now. There's a party going to happen for those that are making that decision today. 
The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you are born again. Heaven knows who you are. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life right here, right now. Going to happen in the heavens. Church, I want you to help me. We're going to pray together. Let's take all these folks straight to the throne. Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I need a Savior. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. So I come to you to receive. I need you. Give me strength. Help me live for you. And I'll be ready when you call. So according to your word, as I believe it in my heart, and I now confess it with my mouth, your word says... I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a Christian. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice over one. I don't know how many of them are now around the throne. There was, I, I've lost count how many people came to Christ this morning. Add that to this morning, and we've had a good day in the Lord. How many will say, it's been good to be in God's house today? Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Melissa, I want you to wave at them. I want you to turn and wave at the crowd so they can see you. Don't come on now. Don't be afraid. This is our discipleship pastor. She's going to be at a booth out here in the lobby with some of her team members. She's got a Bible for you. She's got some free information and things she wants to help you get established in your walk with God. We don't want to just throw you in the deep end of the pool and then tell you to learn how to swim all by yourself. We're going to help you. We're going to pray with you, talk with you. We're going to help you all along the way to grow in your relationship with Christ. That's what she does. That's what she loves and her team does. So you go find them out in the lobby. It's a little booth there. says discipleship, crosswalk on it. So you'll want to find them today. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the fasting. Thank you. I'm so thankful for the prayer watch. Thank you. It was so easy to get ready to preach. I'm so thankful. We got to keep marching. We got to keep moving. We can't let, let down. Amen. I won't preach again. Say amen. <laughs> Got to stay the course. And be excited. Turn and hug about 20 people before you leave. You can put sanitizer on on your way out. Just love one another. Come back tonight and hear Pastor Brian as he speaks. It's going to be a wonderful service. God bless you. Well, I heard an old, old story how the Savior came from glory, how he gave his life 